0: Hey everybody! This is the Easy Podcast episode five, and I'm Zach Abbotts, and this is Hey Zach. This is Eric. Hi, Eric.
1: <laughs> what is going on?
0: That was weird. Uh, I don't think we should ever start the podcast like that again.
1: <laughs> well, you know, excited to be back. Yeah, where have you been? I was in LA this week, yeah. all week at uh, Vid Summit, which is video marketing live streaming youtube when they kind of cover all the social platforms but a lot of the main speakers and uh, trainers were big youtubers so
0: yeah that's cool um what what all did you uh getting it like a highlight give me a highlight of that oh man it was uh
1: I think my biggest takeaway was reevaluating what I'm doing on YouTube. My 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 initial reasoning for being on YouTube was filmmaking practice. So yeah, getting reps in, right? Yeah, the more reps that I get in, the better I'm going to be editing. The better sure. I'm going to be. So everything that I'm producing, I'm learning something. And the uh, the conference I just kind of made me rethink the actual content that I'm putting on because a lot of it's vlog format and um, there there isn't a whole ton of value to the content that I'm bringing other than the reps for myself. Sure. So I realized, well, if other people are watching it, I mean, there are 1600 subscribers on there. So I'm like, well, maybe I should put more eff- effort and intentionality behind okay. the content That's that I'm cool. putting out. Yeah. So, um, so look for the next year of
0: growth in the quality and of content. So it's, yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited for you to lose 1600 subscribers because you've changed your format. It's going to be great. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to go down to two. I got two now. Yeah. Two people really love that. Yeah. Me and (laughs) my other account. Yeah. Well, uh, I haven't been doing a whole lot. We wrapped on uh, our narrative series a week ago. And so I've been catching up on just some TV and there was this show that I saw on Instagram of all places, a little, an ad for it. Um, and it's called Mr. In between and it's on FX and it's Australian. I think it was completely produced there. And then we just, you know, like America does, we stole it and farmed it over here and Mm -hmm. put it on, on television. So it um, it's thirty minute episodes, but they're like just full on narrative structure. So it's like Breaking Bad, but in thirty minutes, which is really interesting to me because I'm usually those are longer form episodes. Usually those are forty five to an hour long episodes in most series, but this is thirty minutes. So it's really interesting to tell those stories with you know that kind of uh, genre. I guess I'm I'm, I'm thinking of. Where they're limited to thirty minute episodes. Um, but it's basically about this guy who is a, uh, I guess you could say like a, you know, he's a heavy, he's a jack of all trades kind of hitman guy
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, who does does some work for, you know, some shady characters, basically. but you're along with him and, just kind of seeing like his normal life along with it. And it's actually really interesting and it, it's it's not shot like super interesting or anything like that, but the the character development and just the acting is is pretty great and I've I've really liked it. Wow! Yeah, apparently the uh,
1: the inspiration came from a cult film called The Magician.
0: Yeah, this this mockumentary style movie that um, came out, I think, in like two thousand eight or two thousand five or something like that. I mean, it's a while ago for them to sit on the idea and then come out with this in two thousand eighteen in this short form narrative series. It's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out. It looks pretty cool. So. You went to vid summit uh-huh. and then you come back and you immediately want to jump into <laughs> a video project. Yeah, which, I texted you last night at like 10 o'clock. Hey, what are you doing tonight? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing my wife for the first time in two weeks. What are mm-hmm. you doing? Um yeah, I I had no time for this. Yeah. So let, let I want you to talk about it though. It's it's what is it?
1: So basically um, Studio three six eight is uh, Casey Neistat's project in uh, in New York, and and he teamed up with Moment, which makes lenses, mobile lenses, and
0: yeah, stuff for your phone.
1: Yeah, right, filmmaking gear for your phone, basically, and they're doing a, a Halloween film festival. And some of the parameters are that they're doing a contest and it's the the short films are have to be less than three minutes. That's really short. Yeah, that's extremely short. And so, you know, you submit and you only have basically three days between then and now to submit it. So I think the submission date's Wednesday, I believe. But I thought, hey, this is cool. Again, more reps, practice, filmmaking. Uh, yeah, let's see what it, what I can put together. Sure. And and so I started thinking about kind of a storyline and what what would that look like? And I start researching poltergeist.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Why poltergeist is primarily because I have an 11-year-old daughter that I can force into being an actress. <laughs> sure. I'm sure there's some kind of labor law, something or other no, that I'm violating there. Oh, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, and so I told her about it, and one of the prizes that, that uh, like, they pick the top five or whatever, and, and uh, the winner will get, in addition to a bunch of other gear and all the kinds yeah. of stuff, like, you get flown out. They're actually doing a festival, a film festival around Oh, they're going to show them all? Yeah. Oh, wow. So they're going to show, I think, the top five five or 10 or whatever in New York. So they fly you to New York. So it's this whole thing. And then the win, then the winner, they're going to post all of these on and there'll be an online voting system or whatever. And the winner gets a bunch of even more gear and an iPhone and a new iPhone, oh, okay. which is how I bribed my daughter. I said, Hey, if we do this, you get the iPhone. Yeah. She was like, I'm all in. What do I need to do? <laughs> and is she easy to scare? She's terrified. Oh, perfect. She's terrified. And one of the things that we do around the house all the time is like jump out from behind the wall at each other. <laughs> so, so she, yeah, she's she's good to go. Oh man, that's really funny. And so I described kind of what we were doing and and in the storyline, and she's like, oh, she's like, wow, this is gonna take a long time. I go, no, it's only gonna be three minutes. <laughs> so. That's what I'm working on right now. We, we kind of got our story arc together. We got shot list put together, and we did shoot some B-roll. Oh, and the other aspect of it is this. It can only be shot on your phone.
0: Now, this is the one requirement that I saw, and this is actually really interesting to me because I, I almost always hate shooting video on my phone. Mm-hmm. So to try and actually get good quality and then also horror aspect, like Halloween aspect of it, yeah, it'll be really interesting because I mean, phones are great f- when they're in the sunlight, mm-hmm. but getting that kind of moody atmosphere—yeah, that'll be really. Oh, it's interesting. It's gonna be super grainy, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, I mean, that might play into it. Though. It might. That yeah. might actually be really good. Yeah, film noir on your phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, when when is when is that due? Wednesday. Wednesday. So. Oh, man. I don't. Know, I don't know why you're reading, doing this podcast. You gotta go. Nah, it's it's daylight outside, no, so that's I'm, true. I'm gonna. I gotta wait till it
1: gets dark. Yeah.
0: Well, we don't have a main featured presentation this week, but there is something that I wanted to talk about. Um, I I got to see First Man mm. in the biggest screen in Arizona, and um, man, this movie. It's the best movie of this year for sure. Wow. Um, it, really? I, I doubt I'll see anything better than it. Well, from, from what standpoint? Like uh, from a cinematography standpoint? From or technical, from... from acting, from story structure, from editing, from... Wow. The whole gamut. E- wow. Yeah, I, I honestly think that this is, at least in my, you know, I, I haven't seen every single piece of film that's come out this year. You know, we I don't get my hands on Stars all the... Born. I haven't seen that but i guarantee you this is better than it as as good as the star is born probably is and from what i hear it's it's great and i haven't gotten to it yet but there's no way that this movie isn't better than that this movie there's there's only been a couple of movies where i'm digging into my seat or i'm just i'm just so engrossed in the movie that i'm um, i'm not breathing or i'm you know not blinking at all and this was one of them this one and gravity um i was i was fortunate enough to see gravity in full imax 3d when it came out in the theaters and that was an experience also where you're just you're you're in space with with sandra bullock and right and george clooney and this movie is very similar Um, it wasn't in 3d but that i think that was actually a benefit to it Um, Mm -hmm. it didn't limit them in a lot of ways the um, cinematography is one aspect of it, which is um, Linus Sandgren. Sa- I don't. I don't know how to say his last name. That seems to be a common theme here. I don't know why all DPs have weird <laughs> last names, but
1: it sounds good though. You yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, Linus.
0: <laughs> so Linus. I'm just going to call him Linus. Uh, him, and then the director is Damien Chazelle, which Damien Chazelle is probably most famous for La La Land, mm-hmm. um, and then before that he had Whiplash. So this dude is just like, he's batting a thousand because he he had Whiplash and then La La Land, both of which I believe both were nominated for Oscars. (coughs) Yep. And Linus actually won best cinematography for La La Land when it came out. Uh, What was that? Two years ago now. Oh yeah. Was it? Yeah. Two, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. But this movie was shot on a plethora of cameras in formats so for one it was shot on actual imax film for the four by three ratio for it Mm -hmm. Um, universal which was the studio that released it um, ultimately didn't decide to do a um a full imax 4 3 cut of the film so there is no actual release of that you know seven story tall imax camera angle or camera aspect ratio but they shot it on these uh, Anton Penelopes, which are a pretty pretty commonly used film camera. Um, they're smaller bodied, and then um, the AirCam LT and the Airflex 435. Um, this thing, this thing has 16 millimeter, 35 millimeter, and 65 millimeter film, and it's all film. Wow. There's no digital. Um, I'm, there, there might have been. I, I, from the information that I've gathered, there's no digital in the movie. And it shows like there is there is grain, actual mm-hmm. grain, film grain. And, yeah. f- and a lot of it feels like they may have, you know, really used some cameras from that era almost. Yeah. From like 69. Or yeah, or. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just it's awesome. The color in it is great. And I, I cannot get over just the way that this this movie looks and feels. It's just it's just on another level than than anything else that I've experienced this year. And it was definitely just the perfect movie to see after the piece of crap that we saw last week, which was Venom.
1: Okay, here's something interesting. And I and I from a technical filmmaking standpoint, I think that's fantastic. That if they did actually go back and, and grab cameras from nineteen sixty nine to get that same kind of quality um, yeah, I'm not totally
0: sure that they did, but it it definitely felt like just it. the
1: idea of doing that. Mm-hmm. Did, that like that's cool. Like you're totally making a nod and intentionally trying to to do something in that in that space and have it look like it would actually look if it was done at that time. Right. It stumbled out of this out of the out of the uh, box office with only 16 million dollars. It didn't
0: make anything. No, it was, it was in third or fourth place. I think Venom still beat it in its second week, which is insane to me. Um, America doesn't have a great track record of going to the box office for good movies. Um, I think that's a pretty common stereotype for Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, if you go to Europe or anywhere else, um, and you talk about movies, um, most of them have no idea or understand why like transformers makes, a trillion dollars over here. Right. And it doesn't, you know, I I don't want to say that more Europeans go to movies like this, but it movies like this don't, they don't, they don't make money the same way that a venom movie does or a transformers movie does. And it's really unfortunate actually, because I feel like there is a lot of blood, sweat and tears and creativity and in, tensions that were just thought out so well, and then executed to the highest quality that I've, I've seen in years. Yeah. Um, there's a scene, the first scene is Neil Armstrong and he's flying. Um, I can't remember the, the, the plane. It's an X X 15 or something like that. And he's, he's up in, in, uh, almost, you know, the, the edge of the atmosphere mm-hmm. where you, where you finally start to lose gravity a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and the the plane is just shaking and it's violent and you feel like you were in that situation with him. And it's, there's so much of it that just kind of reminded me of like 2001, a space odyssey in a lot of ways Mm. where, um, at the end of 2001 spoilers for a 50 year old movie. Um, (laughs) in 2001, he, when he goes, um, to meet the space baby, uh, you know he's going through the the colorful wormhole and everything, and there's just the camera is just violently shaking yep. and everything, and and you can't really, you know, you don't get a clear image of kind of what is happening. There's just kind of like blurred lines all over the screen, and mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of that in this. But the sound design, I, I got to talk about the sound design because this, if this movie doesn't win the Oscar for sound design, I'll be shocked. It's just incredible. Wow. It, it's just it's just amazing every little piece of it, and they go um, they go pretty accurate with like the space stuff. It's like when the camera is outside of us of, of the spaceship or um, you know in the atmosphere or whatever outside the atmosphere it, it's it's dead silent and wow. there's there's rarely any music with it. There's yeah. there's musical cues um, at, at one point, but man, it was just it was awesome to. It was just, it was just an engulfing experience. It, it, it really brought you in every single piece of this movie, put you in the seat of these astronauts. And it was just, it was just incredible.
1: Wow. Yeah. Cause there would be no
0: sound in space considering you're in a vacuum. Right. Right. This movie uses, um, I think probably our, what we've learned over years and years and years of seeing movies in space, it uses the suspension of disbelief in a, in a, in its own way, because, I think if you watch a lot of movies, you know, like Star Wars or just anything else like that, they usually still have sound effects in space. And this movie, because we've been so just hammered in with sound effects in space and a lot of in a lot of sci-fi movies, um, you know, it probably has more of an impact that there is no sound in space in this movie because you're so used to hearing that.
1: Right. Well, like the explosion of. The Empire ship at, in Last Jedi, right when the sound totally drops out. Yeah,
0: and that was a really effective moment, and probably the only effective moment for me in that film. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe that's part of the reason why.
1: You know, you, the points that you make about um, Transformers making so much money, or Venom making so much money, and then this one doesn't, and because there's a lot of CGI, and there's a lot of eye candy, and there's a lot of that type of thing. Yeah. that's not really. I mean, sometimes obviously it supports the story. It's supposed to support the story, but a lot of times it's just there for eye candy. Right. And what I, I I stumbled on this when I edited a video. Um, it was a video contest, basically for Imagine Dragons' Believer. Oh right, I remember this. And they get yeah. So it was a partnership with Adobe, and they gave you all the raw footage. And and then um, New Blue Effects also that were promoting this contest, and you, so you got the full suite of New Blue plugins and everything. And so you, they're like, hey, here's the parameters, here's all the footage, go make something, right? And and I and I took the approach. In my submission, I took the approach of I want I'm going to have a story arc. So I'm trying to stitch all these clips into a story arc. And there's a story arc through it if you've seen the actual, you Mm -hmm. know, official video. And then I saw some of the and I didn't get paid. It was like a top 25 and I wasn't in it. And it wasn't I wasn't too hurt about it, but I was just scratching my head because a lot of the ones that made the top 25, there was no story arc. It's a lot of flashy. It it seemed like it was kind of haphazard. It seemed like it was an eye candy fest is really what it was. Yeah. And I mean, there were some like the top five were super creative in how they approached and the things that they used. But there were some in there that was like, this makes no, there's no rhyme or reason. This is, this is purely eye candy. And I was like, well, and it kind of, it was an illustration to me because you're talking about Adobe and the, I forget, the the set of judges that were picking these were Mm -hmm. industry professionals that that work on music videos and film productions all the time. And I thought, wow, this is interesting that in this space, storytelling is the foundation of what we do, but yet we've kind of gotten away from that and the audiences are just Consume you know, oh what looks pretty.
0: Yeah, what's what's shiny. Yeah, yeah right. It's
1: the shiny object, yeah. That's actually sure. a really good
0: point. I think a lot of music videos have um, you know, I don't I don't wanna say that every music video from twenty years ago or more when they started doing music videos was always story driven. I mean, it's definitely always been a little flashy or, you know, just guys playing on a stage with bright lights and pyro going off, but the the music videos that I remember that stick with me are always something that has some sort of a story element to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think Childish Gambino is is a pretty strong voice in that. Um, yeah, with his um, oh gosh, it's su- summer. Whatever. This is America. Oh the, no, this, well this, this is America. This is in America the animated is one, one. Too, but the animated one. Yeah, um, feels like summer. Feels like summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the story in that is so great. And I don't know, you know, I don't understand all of it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily that entire audience, but, um, it, I think about that music video all the time Yeah, and, um, it's great. And I think it has to do not so much with just because it's a, it's a great looking visual animated music video, but the, the story of it is it's, you know, it's heavy and it's meaningful and, and it goes, you know, it, it's it, interesting juxtaposition with the, the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, This Is America is another one that he has where you're just like, gosh, you know. And I think a lot of people um, maybe look at music videos as like an ad for the album or an ad for the song instead of like a companion piece Mm. to the song. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I've always been a fan of just the companion piece of music videos. The yeah, ones that, the ones that enhance the experience of, of the song.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, the, what you said in the beginning was is that the one. What are the ones that you remember? The ones that sit... like you. We watch eye candy. We're inundated with eye candy. There's meaningless eye candy all around, everywhere, all the time, trying yeah. to push yeah. different you know ads and whatever else. But it's the stories it's the ones that are meaningful that stick and that's for me as a as a filmmaker that's what i want i want that story to stick in your head i want you to talk about it i want people to podcast about it yeah, or whatever yeah. you know i want it to either bring awareness to to an issue or or help make a difference in overcoming something i don't know you know or or inspiring people to go do something yeah you know and i know i know there's the entertainment value of unplugging and that type of thing and i need to embrace that more obviously as a filmmaker right but um I know. I think for for me personally, it's the things that have more meaning. Like you mentioned, you know, th- this is America. It's like you, you, you kind of mindlessly start watching it and tell, okay, spoiler if you haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, but if you haven't seen it video. by now, go watch it. Yeah. And he shoots the guy in the chair and it's like it, it, the shock value yeah. is like, okay, now you have my attention.
0: Yeah. And then now I'm paying closer attention to every detail of this video.
1: And I went and rewatched it four times the same way that Trent Reznor did when he tweeted it out. He goes, I can't remember the last time I've rewatched a video, a music video at that four times or five times in a row. So, yeah.
0: You know, we're talking about story and, um, I know a good portion of, of, of the moon landing story. You know, I know quite a bit about it. I'm, I'm a big fan of space. You know, I like just anything that is space related. Um, every time a SpaceX launch goes off, I'm just like a little kid, you know, in a candy store and the story in first man, I think is, it's told so interestingly and it jumps around through just years. I think it starts in, um, 60, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it starts in like 62, Mm -hmm. maybe 61. And, um, you know, it's, it starts with him taking this, this first, this first, you know, this first crash basically that he has, and then he goes home and then he's, he's dealing with his daughter who has um, a brain tumor. Oh, wow. And, um, I, I didn't know this part of Neil Armstrong's story. I, you know, I basically just know from when he started to become a famous astronaut and then onwards and, you know, I'm, I'm 30, so I, I didn't grow up. In in the 60s with with all of that going on. So, you know, I I got a lot of it secondhand and third hand My dad's an aerospace engineer and then his dad, you know, he worked on on airplanes and was a pilot himself And so then my uncle's a pilot, you know, so I have this history of Just everything flight related and so I got a lot of a lot of stuff from from those guys just about, you know, John Glenn and 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 buzz aldrin and you know just everybody and Mm -hmm. but i didn't know this part of the story and so what i mean so what damien chazelle i think did masterfully is he he grabs you with that action moment and then you're like oh this is what it's gonna be you understand like you get the vibe the 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 violence of of this airplane crash and then you go into the emotional side of it immediately and you know i i was just i was in wow i mean this was this is 15 minutes into the movie maybe wow and i'm just i'm i'm like yeah let's 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 go on this ride and it was very little dialogue there's not a whole lot of talking in the in these sections and you know spoilers a little bit for first man but you know it's it's based on a true story so neil armstrong's daughter she she passes away and um, you kind of understand Neil's you know thought process and these emotion his lack of emotion for so much mm, of the rest mm-hmm. of his life. Yeah because he loses his daughter and she's like six maybe. You wow. Know? Yeah. and the way that's done is just it's just so interesting and beautiful and the story is so strong in this movie that I was I was hooked right from the beginning, and, and then I just went on a ride through the, the whole thing. It was great. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I was still wearing diapers when they landed on the moon. Yeah, you were six <laughs> months old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I probably watched the original when
0: Armstrong landed on, <laughs> yeah. but I don't In remember diapers, it. Yeah. Yeah, right. was, yeah. I'm no, sure yeah. it was on. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's the most watched thing ever, I think, at the time, and it might still hold that record. But I think this movie needs to be seen by... As many people as possible and it needs to be seen on the absolute biggest screen that you can see it on Um, I was fortunate enough again we talked a lot about it but I was fortunate enough to see it on the cine one it was one of the only two showings that they had in that format Um, they're not doing it anymore hopefully hopefully they'll realize that you know there's there's a a market for it Um, if if enough people go and see it to to take venom out of the Ciné one and put this in there but the the cinematography if we can get into that for a little bit um, Linus is just incredible. And I think a lot of it, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the gorgeous imagery or, um, just the way that things are presented in the movie. Um, I got a hand to the editor as well. Um, the editor, I don't, I don't have his name in front of me here, but, um, the editing in this, man, I, there wasn't any moment where I was like, this is dragging on too long or, or this, is, this has a weird pacing feel to it or anything. I, just, mm-hmm. I think it was just perfectly edited. Wow. Um, I don't think there's anything I would take out. I don't know if there would be anything I would want to add. Um, maybe add some more for selfish reasons because I didn't want the movie to end. You know, I just wanted more. I wanted more of this movie. Um, but it's just, it looks great. And the fact that they shot it on so many different formats that they did, and there's... I want to say there's probably only maybe, like, four actual locations in the whole movie. They basically take place in this neighborhood and then at Neil's house um, and then one at the NASA, you know, headquarters in, or uh, NASA launch site or not launch site but the, the radio site in Houston and then at um, Kennedy mm-hmm. in Florida yep. and then in space, obviously. Yep. Um, but it was just... <sighs> I don't know. I I keep babbling on about this movie. (laughs) It's a movie that I, as soon as we were done, I I wanted to see it again. It's just sad to me that it's only done 16 million at the box office. It it deserves so much more. And I don't know if that's a sign of like, nobody cares about space anymore, which that to me is also... Except Elon Musk. Well, yeah, but at the same time, like... (laughs) You know what are those guys? What 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 those guys are doing is is different. Yeah, Um, you know billionaires trying to make a difference, sure, but I don't know. There's something like I wasn't super emotional when when Neil's daughter passes away in the film, but like when that Saturn rocket got up there and and it you know the 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 modules start dislocating and. Like I got teary-eyed because it's it's such a it's such a big moment in history. Yeah, these guys, and it's such a technological achievement that you know 400,000 people had to do to make it work. Um, oh, it's fascinating. I mean, yeah,
1: the thing that blows my mind, and I think we talked about this earlier, was how they have never broadcast something from space before. Yeah, no, I'm. Um, I was actually thinking about this, you know, and it was like, yeah. wait, how did? Wait a minute. You've never been on the moon before, and you're broadcasting that back. That-, uh, that was
0: actually a really interesting part of when I was watching this movie. I was like, it was for the first time, I was like, wait, how did they know that this was even going to have a strong enough signal? Right. And then also I was thinking, man, that gear weighed a lot on its own. So then they had to factor in all that for fuel and stuff. that yeah. They needed all of this, this gear, this broadcast gear. Um, I mean, you know, and by today's standards, it's, it's terrible footage. But at the same time, it's like you they actually did that. And it's incredible yeah. to me that they were able to guess mm-hmm. how that would work and, and, and get it right.
1: Yeah. So here I have another question since you've seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Um, one of the things that fascinates me, and, and, and we've kind of been desensitized to this in, in our day and age, is the overview effect. It's this perspective phenomenon that happens to astronauts. That when they've gone up into space, that there's this effect that I can't explain it because I haven't experienced it. But yeah, when they see has. when they see Earth mm-hmm. from a, a a perspective other than in an airplane or on the ground, which nobody has up until this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing the the blue of the of the atmosphere around the Earth. The thin you're, blue you're line. Seeing, yeah, it, you're yeah. See, yeah, and you're seeing the you're seeing Earth on on the on the the contrast of the blackness of space floating around by itself and. That phenomenon to me is fascinating because until we, until those missions happened and those pictures came back, I and mean, you can go on Google right now and Google the Earth and, yeah. and see Yeah, we have a thousand satellites yeah. up there and take a picture all the time. And but but even even in the pictures, we still don't get that effect. Right. That's something that it only is reserved for the astronauts or cosmonauts. It's been in that in that
0: yeah it's, in space. No it's pun not, intended. Uh, <laughs> it's not touched on a whole lot in the movie.
1: But do you get that sense uh, that do, do that you, moment? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was. It's interesting because um, I had just watched a. I was on the plane and I, I, over somebody's shoulder, I saw them watching this documentary that had Chris Hadfield in it, who's who's another astronaut, a current astronaut. Um, Well, actually, I think he's retired now, but, um, and it was called one strange rock and it's this national geographic documentary that I think it was split up originally into a few sections, but now it's on Hulu in its entirety as like one, one video and it's, um, narrated and hosted by Will Smith. Hmm. But anyways, so I was watching this, um, a couple weeks ago and just sat through the whole thing and it's shot beautifully and there's, they get, they get into, you know, all the molecules and what, what it takes for this plant and this thing to live. And and it's amazing how like the world works with itself to do these things. And um, they talk about the over overview effect, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. They talk about it and yeah, it said, you know, each of them that experienced it, they immediately felt closer to earth, but then also further away from it. But it gave them just this, just this awe inspiring experience of, wanting to take care of and wanting to be more a part of earth as a, as a whole. And Mm, mm -hmm. it is, you know, in a way it's probably unfortunate that not everybody can just go and do that. Right. Um, not everybody can see just how small we are here and, and experience just how thin that atmosphere is. I mean, it's, it's crazy thin with the, what separates us just from floating out into space and then not being able to breathe. And, um, this movie, the first man, it, it touches on, it shows that, that experience briefly. Um, he's, he's up in space with with another astronaut and they're, they're attempting to dock with uh, another piece of of space gear and they show him looking at the blue line and yeah, I mean, I saw this on an 80 foot screen and that's probably what it looks like. You know, it's just incredible. And yeah. I think maybe that's that's one one of my reasons for loving space is, you know, I, I love I'm going to get a little sa- sappy here, but I love this planet and I love seeing it and I love seeing what it's capable of, even if some of that isn't great. But it's beautiful. Um, and I think I think movies that convey that and they also convey the beauty of what what man and humans and women and what we're all capable of um conveyed through cinema like it's i don't know it's really it's really connecting to me you know it's it's a really strong powerful moment um like i said i got you know teary-eyed when seeing the saturn rocket go up into space and you know and i i know this story everybody knows this story it's 50 years old now and it's yeah it's just amazing um I, I, can't, I can't recommend seeing it enough. I, I keep saying that, and I know I'm, I'm a bit of a downer mood right now, but um, you got to check it out. You really do. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a movie worth missing, for sure. I see it in the theater. And the cinematography is great. The editing is great. The score is incredible. Um, the coloring is great. Um, I think it really helps you get into the mood of, of that era. Yeah, a lot of ways. I mean, the coloring is so strong in this, and it's done by um, this this woman that I, I haven't heard of before, but um, she's actually done quite a bit. She did La La Land and Whiplash, also. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's worked with Damien for a while. But um, her name is Natasha Leonette. Um, I, I think I'm saying that right. But just great. The movie looks great. Um, the acting is great. The story structure is great. There's, there's not a there's not a weak part. Yeah of this film. So I, yeah, I think, I think everybody should see it. And remember, like, you know, we have computers in the palm of our hands now, and they're sending a a SpaceX rocket every other week up into space now, but it didn't used to be that way. You know, it took a lot of people and it took a lot of, a lot of lives, um, that were, that were lost in, in this space exploration. And, you know, some people don't think it's worth it, but I think, I think it, it has been. I think there's a lot, a lot to what we've learned from being in space. And in this movie, I think is just a, a love letter to that in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's a great way to, way to just illustrate that. And I think, you know, you talk about exploration and, and honoring the lives that were lost in this exploration. I mean, that, that happened 500 years ago Yeah, when people uh, were, co- you know, coming to um, the West, you know, they were coming to the, the, the West Indies, you know, great. which was, yeah. you know, the Caribbean, and landing in Florida and, you know, they didn't have, I mean, the technology at the time afforded them the opportunity to sail across the Atlantic. I mean, but prior to that, it was completely unexplored, Yeah, you know, from, from that perspective, obviously there were indigenous people here that were like had no idea there was people on the other side of the planet. So it's interesting how the planet over the last, 500 years has gotten smaller, yeah, in a because lot of, ways, of that yeah. exploration, right. yeah, and in the same way, you know, space. I don't know if space is going to get smaller because we start exploring it, but we'll have a better understanding. And I mean, even thinking about that, and um, you know, we get we'll get a little existential thinking about, you know, you look up at the stars and you can't help but think and be overwhelmed by the vastness of space itself. Yeah. And, and it's humbling mm-hmm. because you realize how tiny you really are.
0: There's, there's a really great illustration of that in, um, uh, there's a Robert Zemeckis film called contact. Mm, yep. With Jody Foster. Yep. And it opens up with, um, you know, space basically. And then it, starts flying through space and goes to the galaxies and then you get to a certain point. Um, I can't remember if it goes towards earth or away from earth, but either way um, you know, it gets going one way and you can hear like different radio broadcasts and how long it would take for those radio broadcasts that we've been sending out for so long. Um, You know, like it shows like some broadcasts from world war two and stuff like that. And just how far away that those have reached now, 70 years later, how long it took them to get that far and um but it just yeah it shows in such a great way just how small earth is and how vast space is yeah yeah which that's a that's another movie that we should revisit yeah. It's great. Um I I don't think it gets talked about enough honestly when when you're talking about science fiction films. It's yeah. it's it's a strong one. I need to
1: go see this thing cuz it sounds awesome and quite honestly I'm I'm in my mind from your description and from what I've read it looks like it's probably going to be the 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 Oscar run is going to be solid. Yeah. And it and it's probably going to rival Stars Born. You know, I know yeah, that's got Stars. has got a lot of buzz about you know a lot of Oscar buzz right yeah. now, but I,
0: I don't I don't like to you know compare everything or base everything on whether it's a good movie just off of the Oscar. Yeah, it's not know, a good thing. measurement, but um, there are certain movies, and you know, I'm not a huge fan of rich people, you know, patting themselves on the back with a golden statue. Yeah, but I do think that there are there there is some merit to doing it um, in the sense of that person or that crew or that actor. Man, they deserve recognition for sure for what they've done. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, it's a lot of politics in a lot of ways and yep. a lot of other stuff that is pretty <laughs> negative, but yeah, at the same we're time, not going to get into that. No, I'm I don't want to get into I'm, it. Um, yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, you're going to, lo- <laughs> <yeah. laughs> that's going to be, we won't, we won't talk about that ever probably.
1: <laughs> um, But But yeah, that's not, I agree with you. It's not a measurement. Whether or not you win an Oscar, it has no relevance to how great the film was, as well as what the box office return was. Yeah, I mean, more often than
0: not, there are low box office returns for movies that win Best Picture. So that's not anywhere near. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and but I totally agree neither one of those are measurements of 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 how great or bad a movie is. Yeah. However, unfortunately, movie making is a business and so, you know, the studios measure that and and they use those those feedback loops in a way to make more films. Right. And so if, if they're not making money off of films, they can't afford to pay the crews, the, you know, and it becomes this cyclical thing that doesn't support itself. But
0: Yeah. So if um, if awards, you know, prove how much things don't really matter in 99 Shakespeare in Love beats Same Private Ryan, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They got that one wrong. Yeah. So, but um, sometimes the award is deserved. And I think the recognition is a huge part of, of people going on and doing great work and continuing to do great work. So I think this this movie should definitely be nominated, you know, for cinematography and editing, and you know, um, but for sure like sound design and 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 sound editing. Yeah, um, Claire Foy is in it. She's Neil's. She plays Neil's wife. Um, she's great in it. And the direction of this is is awesome. So I'll be really surprised if it's not nominated for the big five, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. It, it, it's definitely going to be. It has to. And I'll be shocked if, if it's not. I mean, I know that would be basically like three Damien Chazelle movies in a row. But if the dude's good, the dude's good. Right. So yep. um, But that's enough of us talking about First Man, or at least me talking about First Man. I'm, I'm blabbering on and on and on about it. Go check it out. Um, See it before it leaves theaters. If you don't see it before it leaves theaters, go and immediately just see it on iTunes. And see it on the biggest screen you possibly can. Yeah. See it in IMAX. See it in a real IMAX. Don't go to the fake one. That's just basically an AMC theater um, (laughs) with an IMAX logo. Boom, boom. Um, yeah. That was the bus. <laughs> yeah. So go see it in a real IMAX, the giant ones. It's worth the extra money. It, it is definitely worth the experience of going to the biggest screen. You can see it in with the biggest sound system you can see it in.
1: And by no means was this podcast sponsored in any way by the
0: First Man movie the, the, or the studio. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Well, it's universal. Um, I do want to talk about that for a second because um, we've talked about 20th Century Fox and mm-hmm. now that they're being bought by um, Disney. And this is another company though, that, um, it is owned by Comcast, which I have had the fortunate, fortunate experience of not ever having to deal with Comcast as an internet provider or a cable provider. Um, not, not very many people can say that. Um, so I don't have any experience there. I've just seen online how people just hate Comcast as a company and they're voted number one worst company ever for like five years in a row. Wow. Um, Did so I can, I can see a lot of that. But um, I think Universal is probably one of the last, you know, chains or, or distribution studios that's that's releasing things that are like this. And, you know, um, I don't want to sound like a broken record talking about, you know, tent pole movies. We, we love tent pole movies. We love Marvel movies. Yep. Um, but it's these more intimate movies that I think, you know, I fell in love with with movies. Um, it's, it's definitely these type of movies that made me want to become a certain type of filmmaker and do things a certain way. And if we, if we lose track of those, if we stop releasing those, or if they're only going to be released on Netflix or Hulu, um, I think that's a shame because this, this movie is a movie that deserves to be seen in a theater deserves to have to deal with that theater experience. Um, you know, which might be a noisy neighbor or Um, You know, some kid, unfortunately, running through. But um, some some movies deserve it. Some movies are worthy of the giant screen with the big sound system. And this is one of them. And I I hope that Universal... Doesn't get you know jaded from this movie not making a whole lot of money and then s- they stop greenlining movies like this. Um, 20th Century Fox has done some some really great movies um, similar to this kind of artistic you know creative filmmaker movies and
1: and I think I think we need that needs to be a, a, a separate podcast all in of itself as yeah, far as independent yeah. versus the big studio versus the art of the craft. Yeah, and because this isn't
0: a movie that I would want to be an independent. Film though, right? Um, I, I don't know the budget for this. Um, I should have looked it up, but um, it felt expensive without feeling expensive. Um, and what I mean by that is that the all the space stuff and all of the Saturn, you know, rocket and everything like that, it looked photorealistic. I mean, mm. the the launch of everything, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure they didn't use. They may have used some actual footage um, Mm -hmm. because IMAX has done tons of tons of space movies, but you know it felt real. All the rocket stuff felt real. All the space stuff felt real. So the money was spent furthering the story, and you can tell. And it's it it does not look like a cheap movie at all. So I don't want to advocate that something like this needed to be an independent film, but um, you know not everything needs to be Infinity War or right. You know, um, well, and I think
1: you know that's a that's another point for that too. the, The the independent level usually is lower budget. Um, I think behind in addition to that, the independent thing could be because you want to have more control
0: of the art. Yeah. The auteur style filmmaking, Mm -hmm. which is a totally different thing. Um, And I think you're seeing a lot of great movies come out of that, um, that go through Sundance or Toronto or um, cans or anything like that. Kansas Mm is, Kansas, Kansas now. It's a little more political yeah. than I, it's kind of the Oscars of, of film yep. festivals. But, um, you know, I, I do think a lot of great films that are independent films come from those festivals and then they're bought up by larger distributors um, like Universal or. Um, 20th Century Fox or even Amazon now. Um, Amazon's released a lot of great movies. Um, mm-hmm. so the Big Sick is one of those that you should check out. Um, yeah, the Big Sick was great. Yeah, Big Love Sick's that. awesome. So yeah. um, you know, I, I my the thing that I like about Amazon over maybe Netflix and 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 Hulu is that Amazon isn't afraid to say, yeah, that's on our digital platform, but we're also going to put it in theaters. So I you know, I, I just think it would be a shame if we lost the theater experience to just the big tent poles. Mm. You know, I I don't, I don't want to only go to the theater to see the next Marvel movie. I want to go to the theater to see the next, a star is born or the next first man, or the next, you know, even like a John wick movie, those yes. could, those could eventually only be on streaming platforms, you know, that style. So I, I you know, I, I want to see the smaller movies still in the theaters. I think emotion scaled up to 50 foot screens is, is powerful Yeah. and uh, I want to see that. So I, you know, don't, don't stop releasing these, these intimate movies on the big screen. That's enough of me, me preaching. Um, there's there's something I want to plug real quick which is an Instagram account that I came across. I'm probably a little late to the party here, but it's called Cinematoger. <laughs> I'm going to spell that out. So, it's on Facebook and Instagram and it's at cinema t o g r. Um this account is actually it's really great. Um there's not a lot of memes or anything like that, but it's this one there. Yeah. Cinematography um, stuff. It's, it's almost all geared towards that. And
1: cinematographer, if you're listening,
0: say hello to your newest follower. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they have 327,000 followers already. So we're, we're a little late to the game here, but there's some really great behind the scenes photos and videos that they're posting on here. And even just some really cool like product highlights that you can check out. So, um, yeah, go and follow them. They're, they're awesome. Um, I don't know if they're affiliated with anything else, but,
1: and this podcast
0: was in no way sponsored by <laughs> Cinema Togger. We're not sponsored by anything, but if you would like to sponsor our podcast, you can reach us at the easy podcast show at gmail.com. We are mm-hmm. looking for options. Yeah, for sure. Well, Eric, um, that about does it for this week. You got anything you want to plug? Um, No,
1: I want to plug the easy podcast so you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at the easy podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube at
0: the easy podcast show. Hit that subscribe button if you're listening to us for the first time. Uh, We promise it's not always this dreary of a conversation about, uh, you know, good films. But, um, you know, we we try and have a, a, a podcast episode every week. And sometimes we're busy because we are in the industry. So we're actually filming or working on projects. So we might miss a week here and there, but every week we'll have a new episode and you can check me out personally on Instagram at Zach Abbott's it's in the show notes, or you can check Eric out at Eric Thurston. There it is. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. All
1: right. Rock on. You want to try that again? (laughs) Maybe. I guess I do. (laughs) What else you got? Peace. (laughs) How about, how about another one? <laughs> all right. Have a great week. <laughs> you're going to leave this whole. He were laughing about leaving this whole thing in, weren't you? Yeah, I'm leaving this all in there. <laughs> all right. Deuces. How about that? <laughs> Still having a hard time wrapping this up. You are. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good.
0: You want me to leave this in? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you want to say bye? Bye? Bye. <laughs>